Do people know you got uh, the car fixed up? Yeah, I'm still. It's still in the process of getting it fixed up. I, I did tweet it out. I think last week. Um, yeah, the used car market is trash, and uh, even the car market in general is trash. So I decided to fix it, bite the bullet. Went to my friends uh, just off of uh, like kind of in Roscoe Village. Um, I forget what the place is called, but I've gone there three times for my windshields getting destroyed, and now they're like sister location uh, across the alley. Did the Catholic murder for me? <laughs> Those are my guys. I think it's like Jose. It's like Jose Automotive. And the other one's Fernandez Glass. I don't know. Car and Glass. I don't even know. Anyways, yeah, it's getting fixed. But I'm driving a different car right now. All right, we're recording. Kick us off. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I know we haven't done this in a few weeks. We've been trying to uh, spread them out a little bit just so I know when the Cubs are playing bad, it gets kind of redundant, uh, especially on the stretch. They were prior to the Cubs winning seven straight. Had a good game last night, a couple big homers. It's a lot to talk about. Frank, uh, the video game player, Ian, our guy, basically being the best hitter over the last month, and uh, other people stepping up. I mean, it's, it's something what's going on with this team. Granted, they still have, I think, 63 wins. It's nothing to write home about, but for everything that's gone on this year, trading Chris Bryant, Javi, Anthony Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell, you Darvish, uh, almost a year ago, uh, Jack Peterson, the list goes on and on. No Theo Epstein, no Len Casper who stabbed me in the back. Uh, the fact that this team is as exciting of a September team who is totally out of the race, the fact that they're playing to that level and actually winning games, granted it's against the Pirates, um, there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited. I'm excited for what will come this offseason. I'm excited for some of the starting, the young starting pitchers who we've been talking about all year uh, in their development at the end of this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone says. And hopefully, hopefully this run can kind of spark what can be an event, uh, eventful offseason leading into a competitive 2020, 2022 season. So we'll see. But thank you, everyone, for being here. I'm looking forward to chop it up as always. You guys, I think, looks like a lot of familiar faces, so you guys know how it works. Raise your hand uh, if you want to chime in with your questions, thoughts. Uh, we'll bring you up, and Fred will take them all. Uh, got like 12 of you today, so all 12 of you can come on up. Fred, who's, who's been uh, most exciting to watch these past couple of weeks? I mean, there's been a lot of people on fire. I'm, who, who I'm most excited about? I'm biased, but if you you know what my honest opinion is going to be, considering um, you know it's been uh, listen, it was it was a tough year, especially for the first whatever it was four months, but the or five months technically. But the fact that Ian has come around, and again, these are objective facts. The the, the fact that he has done it and basically been the best hitter over the last. I think from – I saw the stat today. From August 13th, he has the highest way to run created plus in the league, qualifying him as the best hitter since that time. It's September 8th, so we're almost one month away from that. 
I'd be lying if I said there was anything else that was even close to as exciting as that. Been cheering like I've been cheering for him like he's a brother of mine, and I'm just fired up that he has turned the corner and is more or less right in the ship on this 2021 season. Granted, I know the way to run runs created plus is still below Lee, Lee average. I know he's still hitting whatever it is, 214 or 215. I know his OPS is around 715 or 720. That's something to write home about at the end of the day. But the fact that he's turned this around could have been a lot worse considering where he was trending at. And just fired up. It shows what he's made of. Um, and I, I really think that he's a part of this team moving forward. Granted, you know, I think I think he would even tell you he's a streaky player. Like, He's going to have some really hot stretches. He's going to have some cold stretches. Um, but I've always said that I think he can help this team and be a part of, you know, whatever whatever the next group's going to be moving forward. I think he's a he's a piece that can definitely help uh, win games. And I mean, hell, now now he's one of the veterans in this locker room. He's he's one of the leaders in the locker room, considering all the turnover. So super happy for him. Can't say that enough. There's something in the blend, all the haters out there that for, for months I was hearing, you know, uh, the blend stinks, the blend, you know, can't hit because of the blend, or Ian Happ stinks like he's shoving it right in everyone's faces, and I'm super happy for him. And uh, all the all, all the people in the morale family, cause they know uh, there's a lot of people that support him, but there's also a lot of hate out there, which sucks, but it is what it is. All right, we got Press first up. What's up? Press. What's up, fellas? Missed you guys. What's up? Hope you're well. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Uh, So I I think he actually said something really interesting just now just about looking back at, at, say, like the stats of the last month. And I feel like so often we talk about people and their performance in baseball based on stats for the season. But I'm a personal – I personally believe that, like, say, stats for the last month, or like say over the last 20 games are even more of an indicator of how they're performing right now than say stats from the whole year. For sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to preface my question by just saying I aware that I'm aware that there's some recency bias to this question, but, um, but I read recently that ba- based on how this team has performed in the last like little stretch here and how everything has gone really well, that one, I forget who wrote it, but somebody said something like, all we would really need to fill in and be kind of really competitive would be spend big on one infielder and one outfielder. Uh, and they called out specifically like bring in Carlos Correa and bring in Nick Castellanos for the outfield. Um, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that goes without saying that, that there's, we need some other help pitching, but I would love your reaction to not just those names, but that strategy of just like one big spend outfield and infield. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your thoughts? Press, I think it's a great point because, listen, I know Frank Schwindel's on an absolute heater right now. I know Patrick Wisdom's been on a heater this whole year. Granny's cooled off. Um, but, like, these, those aren't core players if you wanted to – they're just not. I, they are supplemental guys who can still help a team, can still play every day. But it's not like you're writing home about Frank Schwindel being your – you know, uh, cleanup guy at the end of the day trying to make a World Series push. He can be a, a player who can slot lower in the order for you, help out, you know, get the job done. I mean, he's proving it. But I, I totally agree. And I think more to the point, Press, that I want the Cubs to build this up in a gradual fashion. 
great. I want them to win next year. I would love for them to win the World Series next year. I just find it very hard to expect this on and off switch to be flipped in the on direction in two years and say, all right, we're going to win now. We're going to go all in. I think it takes more time than that. I think it takes players a longer period of time to feel comfortable, i.e. John Lester, i.e. Bad News, i.e. You know, the the list goes on and on. Craig Kimbrell, free agents who – it takes time for them to really get acclimated to where they are and just to expect them to come in the first year, turn it on, um, and and be the guy is totally unreasonable. Jason Hayward, another example. So I think I've always said this offseason is huge because if you can make a legit signing – supplement the roster, you know, increase overall production on paper and bring more talent on the team and do that for not only this offseason but the previous offseason or the following offseason, I think then it makes a huge difference instead of just starting it back up before the 2023 or 24 season because I don't think it works that way. And I, I really think it takes players uh, time to become acclimated. acclimated. I mean, they say it themselves. These guys aren't robots. This isn't a video game. This isn't, granted, Frank Schwindel is a video game player, but it's not a video game. You're not, you know, drawing this up on paper. They're human beings, and it takes them time to feel comfortable and acclimated and, you know, ready to really produce, uh, you know, for a new team, new organization, to new, new fans. So, absolutely, I agree. I would lean more towards starting pitching because while I do like these young starters, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. We need starting pitching. You look at the dominant teams in this league, the Brewers, I'm not going to call them dominant, but they're having a great season. They have an absolutely electric uh, starting staff with the bullpen, and they're almost unbeatable when those guys are on. So um, that, that's what I'm looking towards. But regardless, you have to spend somewhere this offseason, and it has to be the right move. They have to hit on it for sure. Uh, that's a great point. That's a great point about, uh, like, taking some time to adjust. Absolutely. When when I look at our competition in the Central that way, and I look at the Reds, who on paper were supposed to be, I think, better this year, the Cardinals, of course, like spent big. How much do you think their performance – I know that, that we're here to talk Cubs, but like, how much do you think their performance are some of these guys adjusting to a new – a new thing, a new system, and should we be more, I don't know, should we have our guard up a little bit more for those teams next year? Yeah, I mean, you could phrase it that way. I mean, specifically, listen, I, I know I'm going to sound like a hater. The Cardinals don't scare me. They, they just don't. I know they have Nolan Arenado. I know they have Goldschmidt, but overall, like, they don't scare me. They're going to be running out Yachty next year. He absolutely stinks, and like, yeah, they have, uh, what, Nolan Gorman in the minor leagues. I might be saying his name incorrectly. But to me, they don't really scare me. The Brewers, great year, great starting staff. But at the same time, while I just said the Cubs need to, you know, rely on starting pitching, you never know with injuries. I mean, it, it happens a lot. Their offense is hit or miss often. Christian Yelich isn't the same guy he was when he first got to Milwaukee. So, like I said before, while the Brewers are going to outright win this division, like I don't think that should deter the Cubs from trying to go in and, and build it up the right way and build it up this offseason uh, just because some of these teams could be on the up because players are getting more comfortable. I think the Cubs had, have every right and every opportunity to make a difference 
in the NL Central next year. They can absolutely be competitive if they make the right moves, and hopefully that's the case. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't want to dominate this, but just since nobody else is, like, up here, I've got one more. Fine. I was, Thank you, uh, Fred. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I have as many for, more for you as you want, but <laughs> I got this one specifically. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the uh, Hall of Fame induction today, watching like Jeter talk and everything. So, so let's pull back. Let's take it. Let's let's step back from the season right now. And if you look back at everyone who's played for the Cubs this season, so this includes Rizzo, Baez, Kimbrel, uh, you know, um, Bryant. Uh, <clears throat> who do you see potentially standing on that dais? for the Hall of Fame after their career of Cubs players who have witnessed in 2020? Wow, that's a great question. Um, it's not going to be, I mean, it's not going to be all of them. I know Cubs fans would, would think and many would expect that they would be Hall of Famers. Um, I mean, I just think realistically it's probably Chris Bryant. If he can find a way, well, he, he has a lot of work to do because a Hall of Famer, I mean, that that's a, that's a tall task. So you got to play really well. He has to play really well into his 30s, probably. He has to have legit seasons going into year 35, uh, maybe even 36, considering where he's trending at. Javi, maybe for being one of the most exciting players, he goes to the Hall of Fame. Uh, But yeah, probably probably um, yeah, Chris Bryant, because John Lester didn't play in the 21 season. Kimbrel, oh yeah, Kimbrel. Not even thinking about Kimbrel. You know what? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm not date myself. I'm not thinking of the right uh, verb. I just often thought of Kimbrel kind of as a mercenary. You know, he he had the first he he number one 2019. He comes in half the year 2020, terrible. Finishes up strong, pitching in garbage time. This year, pitches for the team half the year. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Um, it's not that I never looked at him as a Cub, but he's not the first person that I think of when I think of, like, Cubs greats or Cubs that will go into the Hall of Fame. I th- I'm thinking more towards the core, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I hope Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant can be there one day just because of, you know, what he's meant to this city and me being a fan of his, his work and what he's done off the field. So, um, But, yeah, you're absolutely right with Kimbrough. Is it safe to say that that Rizzo is one of those players who is beloved by a fan base, uh, a very solid performer every year, um, but maybe not Hall of Fame caliber. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you look back to his numbers, 2014, uh, 15, 16, 17. That, that was his heyday. That, that was his heyday. That's when the Cubs were the most productive. He was a lockdown player, played solid defense, got on base at a ridiculous rate, didn't strike out, just had awesome at-bats. He's exactly what you're what you're looking for in a, in a competitive window. A power hitter who can put together good at-bats, clutch, leader. He was the whole package. Now, I don't want to rag on the guy. I'm not trying to, you know, kick him while he's, while he's out, but he's not the same guy. He, he's just not the same guy. The numbers kind of show it. Uh, it could be the back. It could be something else. I'm not saying he can't produce in the future, but he's not the same player he was, and I think a lot of people probably took him for granted 
in those 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 years of 14, 15, 16, 17 because he was so good and arguably one of the best first basemen in the game. Probably during that time didn't get enough credit for being so. But he, you know, he's a popular player and uh listen, if he he comes back to the Cubs, I highly doubt he does now that Schwindel and Wisdom and they're proving they can find other guys on the cheap that can fill those roles, but I just I'm like like all the other guys, I'm 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 rooting for these guys for the rest of their career for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Brett. No one else. I, I thought of one more. Someone else. One more. As somebody jump in. Somebody jump in. But let me let me ask you this: Wisdom on the cusp of being of having the most homers in the season his rookie year. If he doesn't do it before the end of the season, is it seen? As like possibly the the fastest hot to cold anyone has ever gone in a record chase. Um, yeah, I mean he's yeah he's cold, but this is the type of player that he is. This is the I mean he's not hobby bias, but it's kind of the the hobby bias effect, right? Like when hobby's on, he's on. He looks incredible. I think he hit three home runs over the weekend. When he's off, like it doesn't look good and just. Because Patrick strikes out as much as he does, it, it it's really hard to have consistent ABs, which is why, not to change the topic, why I think it's as impressive as Schwindel has played, considering he puts the ball in play, he has good at bats, he hits well with two strikes, he you know he he's a hitter, he's not a power hitter, he's he's a true hitter compared to Patrick Wisdom, who's who's a bomber, just just a straight bomber, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope he can finish out the the uh, rookie record. Um, he's had a great year. He's played incredible defense. Not enough people have talked about that. The fact that they found a guy to play that good of defense, arguably a lot better defense than David Bodie, who was, uh, you know, that utility guy because of his glove and he, you know, could hit a little bit. Uh, the fact that Patrick, Patrick Wisdom's come and done that is pretty remarkable. And honestly – not saying Patrick Wisdom's the lockdown cornerstone third baseman for the future or the near future, but I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Wisdom like gets some time at second base. He's obviously played at first base. Like he's that good of a defender, and I think he's athletic enough to do so. Do so. Maybe I'm, I'm uh, talking crazy right now, but I really think he could fill that role in terms of being more of a utility guy, considering who the Cubs want to bring in. Yeah, we have press. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have one hand raised. No, shut up, Press. That's true. You're one of the best questioners of our generation. Come on. We'll get a bonus question from BJ Miller. We got one more question, BJ. Press, you know you're our guy. Hey, Fred, can you hear me? BJ, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Long-time follower. Love the content, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Hey, kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier in the offseason, so I guess what, uh, what what are your expectations going into next year? Um, obviously, we have the CBA coming up. Not sure yeah, what it'll look sure. like in the NL. Probably going to have a DH. I think I saw a rumor out there that potentially there could be some sort of um, payroll floor implemented. So I know you kind of touched on, you know, having a couple years of, of kind of uh, kind of a rebuild, quote unquote, but. I mean, I can I kind of look at the Red Sox kind of retooling at that at the break, and then kind of coming back and competing this year. I mean, what do you think the expectations should be going going into next year? And I guess what would be your dream scenario 
um, with the you know payroll flexibility that we have. Uh, this yeah, I, yeah, I think I think number one, I don't I don't know if I want to call this a dream or simply the expectation. The expectation is to utilize the free will, the payroll flexibility, considering how much money this team makes. If you're not spending at least a hundred million dollars next year, it's an absolute joke. Considering how much money this team brings in, considering. First off, how this team is simply playing right now. You want you want to look at whatever they're over our record, fine. But they're proving that there are players on this roster that can absolutely that can actually do things. Granted, I'm not saying the Cubs. If you add one guy, they're going to win the World Series next year. But they can be competitive. So for me, the expectation is truly to utilize the payroll flexibility, and then the dream scenario would be to sign a guy, hit on the guy, and then make a legit. Uh, maybe not a legit run for 2022, but at least a run where you're saying, all right, this is, like, close to 2015 not going to win 97 games, but, like, you're competitive enough. You can see where this is going, and then they really add on for 2023. Like I said before, I think a gradual buildup is the smartest move here. I hope Jed sees it the same way. But priority number one is to not let ownership – and the front office off the hook and say, all right, we're only spending 60 mil next year. We'll continue to roll it out with cheap guys like Schwindel and Wisdom and maybe, you know, other guys from the minor leagues. Um, because you have Brennan Davis coming. You have a totally restocked farm system. You have the resources that other teams don't have. Granted, we have to see what the CBA is all about. Uh, but the main thing is utilize the, the payroll flexibility that you have and make the right moves. I mean, you don't want to do a Jason Hayward again. You don't want to do, uh, I mean, the, the bad free agent signings go on. I mean, every team has them, but you all know what I'm talking about. So uh, utilize the payroll flexibility and then be competitive in 2022. I don't see why that's, that wouldn't be the case, considering the, the young stars will have more seasoning under their belt and uh, just fired up for, for what this new team can look like. Thanks, BJ. Thanks, Brad. Hey, Dom, sometimes I can't see uh, people raising their hands. Just take a look at your phone, too. Uh, um, One thing you need to do, you've been doing this for four or five years, and director of morale, but also director of safety, pushing the hard hats. Oh, my God. God bless Rachel in the outfield who got pushed over by a fellow bleacher bum, but people aren't listening, and it's, it's actually getting dangerous. No, well, I, I'm, I'm, so I don't know if I, if I watched it and I wasn't paying enough attention. Was she pushed into the ball? Was, was she like locked and loaded, ready to catch it, and then kind of someone pushed her from behind, lost like her her position, and then just like ate it right off the eye? Yeah. Well, to recap, anyone here that isn't seen on Twitter, Ortega's pinch hit home run went off or ended up with someone with a black eye front row of the bleachers. She's really active on Twitter if you want to follow the uh, her takes. She's saying that she was pushed into it. She has okay. great hands and she would have caught it. And uh, she doesn't know if the, she got a ball, but she doesn't know if it's a home run ball. So she's oh, claiming sucks. she would have had it and is blaming on the – I would have said you could have boxed out a little better if that's, that's the issue. But I'll, I'll, I'll go to the grave with this. You saw them put netting across the stadium. They did that for a reason because I'm I'm serious when I say it. Like these things are getting these balls are getting absolutely smoked. They are like projectiles flying through the stadium. And if you are not protecting yourself, or you're not in the right state of mind, or you've had way too many beers in the uh, bleachers, 
There's no reason why you shouldn't be wearing a hard hat. There's no reason why you shouldn't be protecting yourself. Yesterday was the case in point. There's like one or two of these instances every single year where a fan gets absolutely smoked in the head, and then they, they get all mad. I'm not saying this this woman's mad. I'm just saying they'll, they'll you know, look frustrated on TV. They'll obviously get hurt in one form or another, and uh, it's not a good situation. So please, protect yourself. I hope. I believe her name's Rachel. She's okay. I hope she's feeling all right. I hope she doesn't get too bad of a black eye. And uh, just just be just be watchful when you're out in the bleachers and protect yourself. They sell those hard hats for a reason. Those have been there for three years now. It seems like it's just like we're doing that uh, just yesterday. But it's been three years that those things have been in the bleachers. Granted, last year there was no fans. Uh, but yeah, protect yourself. It's incredibly important, and I hope Rachel is okay. I wish we could have. Ra- I probably should have messaged Rachel to see if she would come on. She's she seems to be enjoying the uh, 15 minutes of fame. She's on Twitter responding to everybody. She um, got absolutely. She got smoked in the face. Yeah, it that wasn't good. Actually, really I bad. hope she's okay. It, it she's swelled up completely. She. I. I mean, that looked. That looked really painful. That's going to be a bad black eye, too. That's going to be bad. But, hey, you know what? It's a, it's a story you can tell. As long as she's okay, that's some story you can tell. She'll have that video forever, too. I wouldn't be proud of it. I mean, <laughs> she she got no, pushed. She got pushed by this guy. I know, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. She got a raw deal. I'm not saying she's proud of it. I'm just speaking for myself. If I was in that situation... Uh, if I was all right and I didn't break any orbital bows, bones or break my nose and I just came away with a black eye, I would find it uh, pretty funny. Uh, but, again, I'm not her, and I hope she's all right. Get a hard at. Time to go to Olive Garden. Who are you taking Olive Garden dinner this week? I've already I've went into detail about Ian Happ, how proud I am. Hopefully he can get to uh, 100, uh, 100 weighted runs created plus tonight. But how can I go with anyone else other than Frank? I mean, Frank Schwindel has been absolutely uh, incredible. And I might go on a tangent here about his whole being. I still don't think he's a real person. I still think he's a fake minor league player from MVP Baseball 2005. If you've ever played that video game, first off, it has one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time. And if you really played that game, especially when you were younger, you would make your like all-star team, your franchise team, and you would spend literally hours trading for the players that you wanted, and you'd throw in guys like freaking Frank Schwindel into the back end of a deal so you can make this happen, and the GameCube would allow you to actually submit the trade and you would get the player. So I was literally, for the first three weeks of watching Frank Schwindel, we went from Anthony Rizzo, one of the most legendary and iconic Chicago Cubs in this franchise history, to literally a guy, Frank Schwindel, literally has the name Frank Schwindel of all names, who the A's of all teams didn't even want to keep. He just gave them away. Cubs got him off of waivers for literally nothing, nothing. And the fact that he was slotted the next day 
first base and you're looking at whether it be ESPN on your phone, you're just looking at what the starting lineup is, or you're you're just looking at the the TV now that you know the game's going on and they trade the whole entire roster. You're like, this is the guy we have. Even I have those moments. You're like, this is the guy who's playing for Anthony Rizzo. This guy, Frank Schwindel. I didn't think he's real. I still don't think he's real. It's an absolutely remarkable run. What he's wearing is even better. The Gucci shoes are fantastic. The the sweatpants slash dress pants. He wears a polo every day. Bring his dry cleaning to work like he's working uh, in River North for some finance company is absolutely outrageous. And uh, listen, he was at Murphy's after the game, just hanging out. He's just hanging out around the federal landmark after the game. He doesn't know what else to do. He's probably staying in a hotel. Because literally he was claimed off waivers by the team. He probably thought he'd only be here for a couple of days. And he's out here just absolutely mashed. Credit to, the, credit to Jed. Credit to all the front office people for seeing Frank and giving him an opportunity. It's obviously paid off. It's hard for me not to say Frank Schwindel, considering he's been one of the best hitters since he's come up. He's been here for over a month now. He has almost 150 at-bats on the Cubs. And he's mashing. He's hitting 85% above league average. He has 11 home runs. He, sim- he simply gets a game-winning hit every single game, uh, and he doesn't strike out. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. He's He's been incredible. I'd love to talk to him. He uh, seems like a salt-of-the-earth type of guy. Went to St. John, played baseball at St. John's, been in the minor leagues for like 10 years. Remarkable. Regardless, um, super happy for the guy. I still don't think he's real. I still think he's from a video game that I played when I was younger. I think a lot of people agree. What a great soundtrack. It's undefeated. And uh, hopefully they can get a win tonight, win eight of nine games. And you never know. Like, they they could win out and they could be in the wild card. I know that sounds ridiculous. But Frank Schwindel, he's playing himself into – well, I think he's played himself into a roster spot for 2022. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I think allowing him, on a serious note, allowing him to take that job and flourish is going to – Offer the Cubs more payroll flexibility. I know you don't want to hear that with the Frigates family, but it's true. And hopefully we can go out and spend some big money when you have guys filling in on the cheap like Frank Schwindel, uh, Patrick Wisdom, Ortega. Uh, the, the list goes on. The, the guys who have, you know, carried the load for this team, it's been absolutely remarkable and good for Frank. He's awesome. The, the wild card talk upset, upsets me. People are talking about it. I find it laughable, but... If Frank Schindel is actually real, then I I can accept the wild card talk. And I want to I make a push real. to get Frank on. Not real. We've only had Ian on. Like he came on like the first random clubhouse we did. Um, I DM Frank if we could get Frank on and prove that he's real. It'd be a monumental time for morale. Trying to get Frank on uh, to this twelve-person room clubhouse. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it going. We'll get it going. We need. To, we need a lot more guys to come on to your chagrin, Adam. But that's for another time. All right, Freddie. Thanks, you want to take us out? Thanks everyone for being here. Press carried the show. I appreciate it, Press. Um, listen, I know for a lot of people, they're they're looking at this season. They're saying, hey, twenty uh, sixty-three wins or whatever it is. Like this is garbage time. These games don't matter. These guys are playing under no pressure. You could make that argument. I still don't believe it because I would argue that guys like Ian Happ, they're slotted in the three-hole. He's playing. He was playing for his career and his maybe his time in Chicago, honestly. And I, I say that as someone who is 
the most supportive of him. Um, these are pressure-packed games for these guys. These guys are trying to make a name for themselves. These guys are trying to make a living for themselves, and I give them a lot of credit for just putting it all out there, going balls to the wall, and getting it done. I mean, they're getting it done. Even the older rookies like Schwindel, Wisdom, Ortega, it's awesome to see, and they're building something that, while those three guys in particular aren't the Cubs' core moving forward, they're ancillary pieces, they're supplementary pieces that can help a team moving forward because – if there's one thing I've learned over the last seven years is it takes 26 guys. It takes 26 and more guys to have a legit season because guys are going to go down. There's going to be one guy, one to two people every single year that are just going to play bad. It's just going to happen. They're not going to play like you expect, so you need people to step up. And if you don't have those players step up, that's how you start to see the difference between uh, a few games here a few L's there, missing out on a few opportunities there, and next thing you know, you're either out of the playoffs or you're, you're playing for that wild card spot, and then it's a, a crapshoot. So I'm fired up to watch, as always, um, and let's make it a good final three weeks and then, you know, put some pressure on this ownership to, to make make the moves this offseason and really, really utilize the payroll flexibility. But, again, thank you all for being here. Um, I'm always down for the questions. This is why we do it, trying to connect with the people that follow along and love Cubs baseball. And, again, God bless you and your family. Hopefully the Cubs win tonight. Hopefully everyone hits a tank and uh, we can get to 64 wins. Side note, we're not a Bears Bears program, but Bears are starting up this weekend. And Absolutely. The, the city changes a little bit when the Bears are back in town and Absolutely. hopefully they start winning. So cheers to that as well. Hopefully Justin Fields comes soon enough. Hopefully Matt Nagy doesn't uh, doesn't have to keep that promise too long to Andy Dalton. Thanks everyone. Thanks guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you all later. God bless you and your families.